0: the reality is, as always, it's newer and it's Monday. So it's uh, it's me and my brother, Ivory Hill.
1: What's it called, buddy?
0: I woke up at 4.45 today. And
1: <sighs> hey, you've been up the entire time?
0: The whole time, not one nap. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a case of the Ramadan Mondays, which I would argue is the worst kind of Mondays. Is that mm-hmm. messed up? say that something is no in
1: ramadan. no no i think uh a regular work day uh during ramadan is obviously the worst kind of work day that we experience but i think that's kind of the point you're supposed to um uh, be miserable so you can uh, be grateful afterwards but I don't, listen i don't mean to get on a soapbox and explain the religion to you <laughs> <joking>. <laughs>
0: Do your um, did your coworkers know that you were fasting?
1: Yeah, so I told them last week. I was like, "Listen, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be high energy between uh, you know nine, really nine to like two thirty three. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, like in the afternoon, you probably shouldn't schedule anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know I'll just catch up after work, like a- after we open our fast. So what's that? Seven sixteen today."
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm doing.
1: I'm actually working right now.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, I woke up at 4:45 today. Well, so also by the way, apparently, like nobody at work, nobody at Big Pharma knew about Ramadan, which is really shocking in New Jersey Uh, with like so many South Asians working here. So I have a Turkish coworker, and Mm -hmm. on Thursday, like on the first fast, I had a 9:30 meeting, and I was like, hey, I don't know if you observe, but you know, Ramadan Mubarak to my Turkish co-worker he said oh yeah hey yeah you too and then my other co-workers <laughs> that were on the line were like what's that and one guy was like so some of them are European because yeah. uh, I work with a global team not to brag <laughs> <laughs> let me not you. laugh at my own jokes by the way oh no oh no anyway <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about it later um okay. sometimes i think that i like uh i like have an out-of-body experience and like i i like wake up and i like my insecurities uh sleepwalk and leave bad reviews about my own podcast like it's me <laughs> yeah i'm actually leaving leaving the bad reviews of like my worst fears and dislikes about myself and i'm like what well, like a fight club thing yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, like, exactly, exactly. Just leave
1: yourself angry reviews. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. Uh, um, hmm. Anyway, um, so some were European and stuff. So, like, they were like, oh, I've never heard of that, whatever. But, like, one guy has been with this company for, like, 15 years. It was like, I've never heard of that. What is that? Like, lives in New Jersey. I'm just like, he's like, I, what is a Ramadan? And I was like, I, I don't even know where to start. So then I'm part of the PAN, which is Pan-Asian American, like, uh, network at work. Mm-hmm. And so they sent something out on Thursday, which was like, this is an overview of Ramadan. Share it with your coworkers if, you like, you want them to learn more. And I was so tempted to send it to that guy who, like, asked. And I think I was going to – I he think he would receive it as, like, oh, she's genuinely sharing information about her religion. <laughs> yeah. But I would be sending it quite bitchily. <laughs> 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 which feels very anti, um, out of, you know, it doesn't feel like it's in the Ramadan spirit. <laughs> Is there Ramadan
1: spirit? Um, I had a, I had an Indian lady who works out of mm-hmm. India, uh, mm-hmm. wish me Eid Mubarak on Thursday. And I was yeah. like, Eid Mubarak. First of all, you're in India. You should know. And she's like, Oh, my bad. Like, yeah. Nope, we got 30 days of this. And then I get to eat. So yeah, my,
0: uh, right. one of my, uh, also one of my offshore colleagues said, Congratulations to making it to Ramadan. And I was like
1: huh. <laughs> huh? We be expected to be dead by now?
0: Yeah, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, thanks. I'll like to say that, you know, it's not just uh, the one white dude at work. Good. It's yeah. even brown people don't know what they're doing. Um nope. no. But uh but then, you know, you get all, like, the not even water questions and stuff. And you just like, I'm just so sick of it. I can't believe I'm still having to answer these questions. In uh, New Jersey. Yeah,
1: everyone should IT. know I think exactly. Yeah. The IT part, it's like, come on, guys.
0: Come on. Embarrassing, honestly.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I expect now that, you know, now I just say it's Ramadan. So a lot of people, everyone that I've kind of said that to, Has kind of understood what that shortcut for, Um, yeah. So you know they know that it's fasting. How's the month going for you so far? Otherwise, well, we're
0: on what fast five today. Oh, fast five like the movies. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yes, today was the fifth fast. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, fifth Friday, fifth fast. Had to count that on my fingers. Listen, my brain is at like forty percent capacity when I'm fasting. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of... Do you... Okay, I have a question for you. Do you feel guilty? Would you feel guilty? for? Actually, let me ask you this question. Have you ever not fasted? Have you ever missed a uh, fast?
1: The last time I intentionally missed a fast was in 2020. Um, and that was because I was up all night, uh, dealing with something and I just couldn't Mm -hmm. go to sleep. And I was just in a bad place. Um, Mm -hmm. aside from that, I think I broke my fast once in 2018. Um, but I made up, I I made both of those up, uh, you know, afterwards like you do. Um, but uh, other than that, ever since I was nine, no, I haven't missed the
0: fast. You said make it up like you do, and I'm literally sitting here with, like, over 300 fasts probably that I still haven't – I've never made up. hey,
1: well, you got – you know, you have you have a, another reason why you can not fast that, unfortunately, does not apply to me, which, by the way, I think is bullshit about, <laughs> all about equality. Yeah,
0: let's tell people. So when ladies are on their periods or yeah, I yeah. specify people who menstruate uh, are menstruating, then mm-hmm. they don't have to fast. Um, yeah. Yeah, because there's no reason for you to not be taking in calories when you're hemorrhaging from your (laughs) orifice. Yeah, so I have... um, And do you feel happy when you go? Like, do you have happy memories of Ramadan? So it's
1: weird. Like, my memories of of Ramadan when I was a kid are the best. I loved Mm. the month because it felt more like... A collective thing, right? It was like, okay, we are in the month of Ramadan. You got to do stuff at the mosque. All the kids at my mosque were the same age when we were in Pennsylvania. And even when I was in high school, there were a nice group of kids that I would, you know, go to school with that were also fasting. So you have this mm-hmm. community thing, right? Um, and it gets you through. And I think the, the the main thing about getting through a fast is being busy. So when you're at school, it's easy. Uh, because mm-hmm. the only thing that you're kind of missing out on is the lunch period. But again, I had people to hang out with during lunch. It's actually been harder as an adult sometimes mm-hmm. because the weekends are super hard for me because there's really nothing to do. Like, yeah. you know, I just I just want to get to like five, six o'clock and then I can kind of just shut down. But before that, I'm just really, really bored. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, you know, I make this joke every every year, which is... I think God gets it at this point. I think he understands my devotion. I think I've done enough. I I don't think he really needs me to fast, but I still go through with it. Um, And then at the end of it, I do feel a sense of accomplishment. But while I am going through the fast, I am a little bit pissed off. Although this year, I'll say five uh, five fasts in, it's been kind of a pleasure. It has not been a problem for me at all. Yeah, I think the first day I was annoyed. Because of the coffee, the coffee is yeah. the, the main thing for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the
1: food, I, I'm okay. Um, mm-hmm. The coffee and the water, and the water not water, not even that much. But yeah, this this year, not bad.
0: Hmm. Interesting. What's your schedule like?
1: My schedule is I am never ever getting up in the morning. I think yeah. uh, that morning meal, which we call Siri, uh, I will yeah. come out and say, and I may get smited as I say this, but I think Siri is a scant. I think anybody that gets <laughs> up in the morning at 4.45 a.m. to eat a meal wow. is a fucking moron. That's what I would say. Oh, I wow. think that's just a stupid decision. What you need is the sleep. The sleep is mm. more important. Yeah. So what I do is I I turn over in my bed and I drink a big uh, thing of water and then I just go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and then I work, work, work until like three. And then I just kind of laze about sometimes I take like a half an hour, uh, nap, which again, mm-hmm. Ramsan naps are the best naps in the world. Cause you're just tired and exhausted. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. around six, uh, I have been working out from like mm-hmm. six to seven, which is oh, a great idea also, but you also feel like you are on the edge of death <laughs> at that point, um, which is great. Because like 15 minutes later, you can open your fast. And that's how I get through it. And then I'm just happy, just happy the rest of the day.
0: Wow. And then what time are you sleeping? Like regular time?
1: I'm going to sleep probably around like 1130, 12.
0: Bro, so regular, regular, time. regular times. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it must be nice to not have kids. <laughs> here.
1: How are the kids uh, getting in the way? They're not getting up at 445. The 445 thing is all no, you. All
0: Yeah, of course. Okay, so I have two options, basically. I've got Mm -hmm. one option, which is wake up early, actually eat the meal, have some coffee, and then start your day. So Mm -hmm. I'll eat like a small meal, have a cup of coffee, and drink around 40 ounces of water. I have to drink 40 ounces of water. If I don't have coffee, I'll still have the 40 ounces of water, because that I find is actually what keeps my uh, caffeine headaches away. So I've actually not really been having much caffeine at all over the last five days. Um, so that's one option. And the other option is, and then I stay awake. And the other option is that I just wake up, drink a whole bunch of water right at fudger time. And then I pray and then I go back to sleep. But the mm. problem with drinking 40 ounces of water, regardless of if you're starting your day or wanting to go back to sleep, is that you are going to pee 11-D seven times. Mm. And so the rest that you get is like not that great anyway. Um, and then... I have to be up and alert and like making lunches and getting wrangling kids, getting them ready for school by like, you know, 730. So I don't really have the option of like resting. And then Mm -hmm. um, three days a week I have to go into the office. So those days I've already decided like I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to stay up and I'm going to go into the office. Like today I went to the office and I came home around like 2 o'clock. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll take a nap. But the nap never came. And and the kids needed stuff. Like, they're still ho- they're home. So I have to, like, make sure they do their homework. And, like, tomorrow I have to take them to gymnastics. And, like, so you I don't have the option of necessarily resting. I don't have the option of, like, slowing down. Like, at work, I think I, I can still do my job to its capacity. Like, it's not – I don't have the most strenuous job. I'm not saving anybody's life. So it's not that bad, but I'm just so tired. Like right now, it's 9 21. And honestly, in my brain, it feels like it's 3 a.m. Yes. because I'm just so tired. And then I've had a very bad relationship with fasting mm-hmm. since the beginning. I don't think that I've ever happily fasted. Like, see, even when we were kids, I was a lot, yeah, you know, I wasn't the one, like, you guys, like, I think you and Nabil were both like, we're going to fast, like, you guys were like, we're going to do it, and like, you did your fast, like, for me, I think our mom was like, okay, now is the year that you need to fast, and I was like, god damn it, like, (laughs) I've never liked fasting, I've always found it to be very exhausting, Um, I love food, (laughs) Say it. I just, I enjoy eating and I enjoy drinking water. And I like, I, okay. So here's one thing I discovered actually jokes aside. Here's the thing that I discovered why I don't like Ramadan. So as you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I can say it. Why I struggle with Ramadan. And I, so I, I, you know, I have a chronic depression and anxiety And I've had that my entire life. And I didn't know that I had it, but I always had it. It was always there. Like, it didn't just, like, happen. It just, I got a diagnosis later on in life. But I am a person who struggles with depression. The problem with the Ramadan schedule and the problem with somebody like me is that, for me, a lot of my my coping mechanism with my mental health relies on productivity. So I like to be a very very productive person. And that's not to say that I don't fuck around and not do a thing that I'm supposed to do and instead focus on something else. But I constantly have like 15,000 like balls in the air at one time because that is just how I am. And it's sort of also how I um, cope with my anxiety, anxiety a little bit. And sometimes it doesn't help because all those balls in the air are anxious things. Um, but I need to constantly feel productive. When I'm fasting and I have no energy and I feel like I can't be my full productive self, I feel mm-hmm. very sad. And I think yeah. a lot of the behaviors for me that happen in Ramadan is just, like, the sluggishness and the – get like, taking a nap in the middle of the day is, like, a very depressing yeah. thing to do. Yeah, and you so feel like all that, Yeah, and so all that stuff sort of spirals for me and it puts me in a really – it puts me into, like, kind of a slump, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not – Um, I'm just not like, I don't have that full, full energy. And I think the other thing is also, I grew up around you guys and then our mom as an example. Right. So like you guys were like, you and Beal were like going to the masjid then like doing things with boys and all that (laughs) stuff. Women during Ramadan are like cooking and like cooking and working with food. And I was like. So my I don't eat, and then I have to be around the food? Like, that's crazy to me as a child. Like, that messed me up, right? And then I saw all the women very happily doing these things and being very happy about it, right? We're going to stay up, and we're going to pray, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and then we're going to make samosas. And and to them, it was like this, like, festive, happy thing. And to me, I was like, this seems like torture. Like, who would ever want to do this? So I feel like also... In my mind, a lot of, like, my Ramadan memories are also seeing women be incredibly happy and, like, uh, excited about the month. And yeah. I never felt that excitement. And so I have this, like, guilt and this, like, sadness that happens every Ramadan because I'm, like, I've, I'm i not getting that feeling. I don't get that yeah. feeling of excitement. I get more, honestly, feeling of dread. Okay. Um But also the reason for that is because I have a history with disordered eating. And so when you have a history of binging and purging, Ramadan can be very, very triggering as well because you don't eat all day and then you eat a lot and then you feel really sick. And then when you feel sick, you get this desire to purge. So all those things kind of add to Ramadan being not so great for me. But I still do it. And here I am five days deep. Getting through. I'm sorry. It, you know? I'm sorry. You you've
1: had such a such a traumatic experience with Ramadan. And
0: I don't know. Uh, like I wish that I didn't. Right? Because I do mm-hmm. think that it's a wonderful month. Like I I yeah. wish that I had that Ramadan feeling. I wish I could get into the Ramadan spirit because I do think there's such beauty in it. Right? Like I. I I see my friends who are into it getting so excited. They make like goodie baskets for people and they do these projects with their kids and they do like donation efforts with their kids. And I think it's also lovely. I just genuinely don't have the energy for it. And so I feel a lot of guilt. And then I also see a lot of people who are like in communities being able to do yeah. a lot more for Ramadan. And because I don't necessarily belong to like one Muslim community here, I also feel like I'm missing out on that. And then I feel guilty because I'm like, I'm missing out on it. My kids are missing out on it. And now my kids are not going to have a Ramadan feeling like it's just so there's like it's just it, it is a stressor for me because I feel like. A lot of how we practice religion is um, – a lot of how we were raised to practice religion was, like, about optics and community and what we do with every, each other, right? But as I've grown up, my, my experience, my uh, relationship with religion is a very private one. It's a yeah. personal one. So it's hard when you, pra- you go the entire year sort of being in your spirituality as a singular person – And then you're expected one month to be like part of a community and then you don't have that community and then it can just feel a little bit isolating, even though like it shouldn't. I live in a house with people who are fasting. Right. But it just, you know, those are the things that I struggle with.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I I haven't had that real sense of community with the mosque and everything, I think in probably like 10 years. Um, And Um, a lot of times I, I, I completely get what you're, what you're saying about it just being exhausting. Like practically it is exhausting. It is tough. It is hard. So for me, my experience has always been the first 20 days is like, you know, it's, it's kind of like the first 10 days I'm usually just fucking miserable and I'm Mm -hmm. resentful and I hate everything. And I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is dumb. I don't get it. Um, the next twenty days, the next ten days, I kind of ease into it, and I understand that this is the new normal. And what it allows me to do is just kind of go through like a restart, right? Just like uh, my own personal restart. So, like the first twenty days really are like a practical experience for me,
0: mm-hmm. um, and then the
1: last ten days, which is supposed to be the like the holiest of the ten days, um, by that time, I think my you know I have gone through the process enough that I can really take advantage of those last 10 days and you know however you i guess measure your holiness I'm able to kind of take advantage of it that way I'm like okay I went through the first 20 days it's the last 10 days this is when it's time to be to kind of actually think about the religion think about what the religion means to you think about the last 20 days of what you've done and kind of uh give yourself a pat on the back for doing it understand why you're doing it um and then you know just pray and then you know if once it's over and then you know i go back to being this the same old scumbag that i always am you know that's what <laughs> that's what i end up happening but and then you know i'll i'll work like a year of just being a scumbag and then you know you go through the exercise i look at it more like an exercise that's kind of how I see a lot of like the religious things that I do now, like even like praying. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like I made it a point to myself, Hey, at the very least you got to pray five times a day. I don't care whatever whatever else you're doing. Just pray five
0: mm-hmm. times a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: That can be a cause of anxiety for me because You know, when prayer time comes and it's gone, you do feel it in the back of your head because we've been brainwashed as kids that if you miss a prayer, you're going to burn in hell, right? So I'm sure that's what's (laughs) kind of firing off in the back of my head, which isn't very healthy. Yes, exactly. fiery pits (laughs) of hell. That's what I'm thinking about, I'm sure. Um, But then also, like during the course of the day, sometimes it's nice. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to put the work away and just spend five minutes, you know, I I don't really feel like I'm connecting with God every time that I'm praying or anything like that, right? But it's also just the practical exercise of just getting through it. You go, okay, I gave myself a five minute break. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like God was speaking to me in the moment. But at the very least, my physical body got a break, my my brain got a break. And that's all, you know, and then you just do it again the next day.
0: Yeah, I mean I've I you know, I just I grew up actively avoiding prayer. Like I'd be yeah. like people would be praying and I'd be like, mm, I'm just gonna go sit in my room, right? And so yeah. here I am now, like several years, like decades later, uh, really enjoying prayer. And I like to pray before I go to sleep. I like that it's like yeah. part of my nighttime routine. I enjoy it. Yeah. I do I do my skincare, I brush my teeth, I put my retainer in, I pray, and then I go to sleep. With white noise yeah. and it's perfect, right? And it really is like a nice wind down. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think I wonder to myself, like maybe one day I will get that feeling that like I've been able to evolve into my enjoying prayer. Uh, maybe I will also evolve into enjoying fasting. I will say I went to the mosque on Friday, uh, for Friday prayer. And I went with a friend of mine. I picked her up, we carpooled, and we went to the mosque, and it was actually lovely. During the khutbah or sermon, I read Quran on my phone and it was wonderful. I was like, hey, I feel, and then I felt great that day. I was like, you know what? I feel like I had a very productive day by going to the mosque and I like felt better about my fast that day. Because yeah. historically, day one is okay for me, day two, I always am miserable. And like that's when yeah. the misery starts. So yeah. I would say I'm still not, I'm not miserable. I just know that I don't feel like my best self. I don't feel like my best self in Ramadan. And I mm-hmm. think that there, because we've been raised to be like, this is the greatest time in the year for Muslims. I'm like, how could it be the greatest time for me if I feel this bad, right? And so, yeah. uh, and, and I don't feel like I'm doing my best. I feel like I've been yeah. giving everything like 10%. And so because of all of that, I I struggle with it, but I still do it. And I'm talking about it because we do have Muslim listeners and I want people to know that, you know, it's okay to struggle with it. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be perfect all the time. No, exactly. Um, And I think, you know,
1: a part of like what I figured out for myself is that, you know, part of like that excitement about Ramadan and like, oh, this is such a holy month. And you really feel connected to God and all this other stuff. Um, Those for those first 20 days, I think, you know, to myself, I think all that is, is just like malnutrition. I think if you stop drinking coffee and stop eating,
0: you're going to think that you're listening. Hallucinations.
1: I'm saying it's hallucinations. That's what I believe. I'm going to (laughs) burn in hell again. For this but i think that's what it is like you just you know you're like okay uh, my body is being deprived something of course i'm gonna think that i'm seeing things um yeah. but by day 20 i'm okay i'm by day 20 i'm like okay we're on the on the last legs of this let's take advantage of this bad boy and well then... they
0: do say that it takes 21 days to form a habit there you go so that's probably what it is
1: that's why that's why i started doing cocaine this month so by the <laughs> 21st day
0: <laughs> no wonder you have so much energy. You're not just rolling exactly. over and drinking water. You're doing a line.
1: Exactly. No, uh, my, my one uh, thing that I do during Ramadan uh, that I started a couple of years ago was I um, focus on a food item, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as you know, and I try to uh, perfect it. My, okay. um, my food item this month or this month is going to be... Um, uh, egg and cheese sandwiches, which sounds oh. very basic, right? No, but that is that what I'm is eating. Uh, that's what I'm eating for my meal every yeah. single day. Yeah. Unless I have to go to a party, in which case I'll be upset that I'm missing my egg and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> but the the experiment that I'm trying now is I'm trying different cheeses. Mm. Um, and the leader in the clubhouse, which may surprise you right now, is just pure, uh, cheap Craft singles. Have you ever American had, you had American singles?
0: Yeah, they're so good.
1: I forgot how good they are.
0: Okay, so I am like a bougie, you know, cheddar like sharp cheddar. Yeah. Like it needs to yeah. be good sharp cheddar, bitch. Yes. like I, I know, I I know who I am. But the best like egg and cheese bagels in the city use that melty American yeah. cheese. They don't use yep. real cheddar cheese. So to get that like gooey sort of plastic. Taste that we love that binds everything together. I agree, it is American, but you need a good bread for it. Like I find, I've Mm -hmm. tried to make an egg and cheese sandwich, and I'm just using like sliced bread, like a regular sliced bread, like a whole wheat, whatever. It never it's it's too overpowering for that bread. You need something like you need like a sourdough, you need a bagel, or you need a croissant, even like you need something that's a little bit more substantial. To pair with that melty cheese. You know. It um, when it-
1: <laughs>
0: throw myself out the window. My God. Um,
1: the one thing that I've been doing with my bread lately. Uh, because I usually toast it with butter. But I ran out of butter recently. And I was too lazy to pick it up. And I was like you know what. Let me put uh, mayonnaise on the bread. And that is a fucking game changer.
0: Well, so toast that's your bread. A- yeah, yeah, that's a trick with grilled cheese sandwiches. A good grilled mm-hmm. cheese sandwich requires a little bit of mayonnaise on the outside, and it it's, actually gets a nice crust.
1: It's a, it's like a really nice crispy crust on the outside. It's so soft on the inside. Mm. <laughs> that's what I'm. So that's what I'm doing. So craft was the first week. Um, this week is sliced gouda week, which I'm really <laughs> looking forward to. Um, I haven't had my first sliced <laughs> gouda. Like,
0: I'm watching Great British Bake Off this week. <laughs> In the tent, yeah. we're doing sliced gouda. Next
1: now, week it's Munster.
0: Oh, okay, all right. And you're you're not you're just doing a straight cheese. You're not doing a combination of cheeses.
1: No, just I want to get a true test. I wouldn't come. Oh,
0: you wouldn't take like a that? a pepper jack a and whore? mix it with <laughs> a you pepper jack and mix it with a cheddar.
1: You know. Uh, sliced pepper jack. Uh, controversial opinion is fucking bullshit. It is too <gasps> crumbly. It's crumbly, and I don't know what the taste is like. Am I really getting a spicy kick? Really? Am I yes. really getting one? No, I'm not. You're no, I'm not. It's too bitter.
0: Crumbly. What you? It doesn't it's melt crumbly? perfectly. I think you're having cheese. You're <laughs> having yeah, it's cheese Yeah, supposed to be green, right? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the peppers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they tinkle. Oh my god! No, I've been doing I've been doing lebna day and night with sourdough bread. It's just the best Ooh. thing in the world. I love it so much. I'm making these chili oils and herb oils and putting them Ooh. on top of dips, and then just taking some toasted sourdough bread with butter and za'atar and just dip, dip, dip. Yum, 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 yum. yum, yum. I have
1: been messing around with uh, cream cheese as a spread and then I've been messing around with different hot sauces and hot sauce combinations yeah Yeah. that's a that's another part of the experiment but I am I don't feel comfortable enough to include that as part of the experiment so I'm just going with the same hot sauce right now but I think in the future that's really where I will uh, concentrate my efforts is different hot
0: sauces you could do is toasted bread with cream cheese a hot Mm. sauce and then some honey
1: Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for the honey and eggs. No. no,
0: no, 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 not with your egg. No, 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 no. Let's not act crazy. I would <laughs> never do that. Although an egg and cheese on obviously on a McGriddle is yeah. delicious. Uh, it's different. but That's because <laughs> McGriddles are different. They were sent down. They were revealed
1: to us from God. <laughs>
0: That's why we fast in Ramadan. That is
1: the, that is the significance of Ramadan, is when the McGriddle came down. Mag- That's the McGriddle right, was ninth, revealed to us. The
0: ninth month of the Muslim calendar, and also when we were when, when the revelation of the McGriddle came. This bread has pockets of maple syrup. How did they do that? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, uh, so I'd like you know, to
1: take this moment to apologize to all the Muslim listeners that you pointed at before.
0: <laughs> no, I think they appreciate it. Okay. Um, are you drinking caffeine after the sun goes down?
1: Yes, I'm drinking one cup of coffee and I'm stopping at one cup because otherwise I'll go Looney Tunes,
0: especially because
1: yeah. I usually I don't like to drink coffee past seven because then I have trouble sleeping right now. I have to. It's like 716 worried about day 21 because it's gonna be like close to eight but i'm still I'm, i have one cup of coffee
0: isn't this crazy that now we're at the age where like we can't have more than one cup of coffee after a certain time of day where i just can't sleep yeah it's pathetic our mother so who is at our house right now was like it's like eight o'clock and she was like you guys aren't having chai right now and i was like no we have to go to sleep yeah. And she was like, mm, okay. And I was like, do you want us to make you giant?" And she was like, no, I guess I should sleep too. <laughs> but it's like we grew up with like these monster parents who were like drinking mm-hmm. caffeine before bed. And they were like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I go to sleep, no problem. Like meanwhile, both of our parents are deeply sleep deprived human beings with <laughs> major deeply. mental health issues. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they never got any sleep. And our mom would be like, Yeah, I have no problem. I can have chai at night and then I just go to sleep like a baby. I'm like, No, you don't. (laughs) You haven't slept in years. Uh, Yeah. Um, So, real quick, what do you know about the Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial?
1: Uh, Just that I have enjoyed every single clip that I've seen from it. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow. Do you consider her, her an actress anymore, or would you just think of Gwyneth Paltrow the celebrity person?
0: I think to me, she will always be an actress
1: from like the 90s and stuff like that,
0: yeah, yeah, because she was a big deal when we were like she, growing she, up, yeah. Yeah. yeah, in like the 90s, she was a really, really big deal. Um, <laughs> she had that pink dress she wore to the Oscars with Ben, uh, with Brad Pitt. Do you remember that dress? It was a big deal. Like there's certain Gwyneth Paltrow dress. fashions that like I remember so well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shakespeare in Love was like a big deal. Was she in that?
1: She was, yeah. She wasn't the okay.
0: Oscar for it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So like I feel like, you know, she was a she was a big deal. And so I feel like she's always going to be an actress to me or an actor. Um I know now. For most people who are like born after the year two thousand, she, she's mm-hmm. probably just the Goop lady who makes like vagina candles, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and just or like, like an- pepper pots maybe. maybe just pepper pots. That's the
1: only thing I could think of that she did in like the last twenty years. That I know yeah
0: of. yeah. Like I don't think people who are born after two thousand three are watching like shallow hell.
1: <laughs> Nobody should watch that movie. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So offensive. This is deeply offensive. Did yeah. not age well. It did age
1: well in the moment. In the moment, people were like, "Hey, this is kind of <laughs> fucked up."
0: <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think of her as an actor. But now that I'm watching this trial, I'm like, "You are just." I, I think, like, I just realized more so because, okay, so before the trial happened, she also had this video come out where she's in a podcast and she's talking about her. a a day of eating. Did you hear about this? Did you watch this clip? So she's on a podcast. She's talking about her day of eating. She says she usually intermittent fasts. And then when she breaks her fast, she will have a cup of bone broth for lunch. And then she'll do a very like, she'll do like, I think she said something like she'll do like a small dinner and it'll be light like vegetables, like protein and vegetables or something. But essentially she described a very, very deeply, deeply low calorie meal, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people pick that up and said, well, number one, I'm glad at least she's talking about it because now we know like you are that thin and you look the way you look because you've had years and years and years of eating a very specific diet. Um, And so normal people who are like, why can't I just be as thin and fabulous as Gwyneth Paltrow can say, well, actually it's because I eat, you know, three square meals a day. So- There was a lot of stuff about how actually the way she was eating was promoting an eating disorder for a lot of young people, right, uh, who are watching it and stuff. And then a lot of people were like, this is a distraction because she's about to go on trial for leaving this, like, old man after she ran into him in a ski on the slopes in Park City, Utah. I was like, what? They're like <laughs> – Gwyneth was gonna be on trial. And I was like, this sounds crazy. And then the trial started, and I was like, this is the wackiest thing. First of all, the trial itself is between two very wealthy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had, they were on the slopes, like a very nice ski area, I'm assuming, right? In yeah. Park City, Utah. And this man who was apparently like a doctor in his 80s, he yeah. claims that Gwyneth ran into him and she literally knocked the taste out of his mouth because he was <laughs> heavily injured and now he can't do things like enjoy wine or oh. other meals. Like he can't enjoy his meals or something. And so he's suing her for like $3 million in damages. And she's countersuing him because she claims that actually he ran into her. Oh. And <laughs> and she's countersuing him for one dollar and asking him to pay the legal fees because she's like this mm-hmm. is this is not what happened. But yeah. the star of the trial is the attorney the 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 guy's attorney, the doctor's attorney, the man mm-hmm. who is <laughs> the man who is suing her. Her name is like yeah, Kristen something show. or no, huh? Tasteless,
1: tasteless Joe, because he doesn't have a he
0: doesn't have any taste left. Tasteless, now. tasteless Joe. Yeah, and so this, this this attorney is asking her questions like she is fucking working for Us Weekly or something. It's amazing. It's a full SNL sketch sketch, and I think her name is Kristen Van Vanarman Van Erman, Van, Orman, mm-hmm. Van Arman. And first of all, she looks like a brunette, Vicky Gunvulson, and. <laughs> She's asking her questions about like her friendship. She asked her if she's friends with Taylor Swift, if she's good friends with Taylor <laughs> Swift, and if they exchanged Christmas presents, because she wanted to know that. Because is that why she chose to counter Sue for a dollar, just like Taylor Swift chose to sue. Oh for my $1. god, really? She actually yes. said that.
1: Yes. I did. I, I watched a clip of that lady, um, uh, like asking Gwyneth Paltrow about how tall she is. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, and like, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was like, uh, well, I don't know. They said something about heels and then Gwyneth Paltrow complimented her heels. I'm like
0: 5'10", but I'm, I think I'm shrinking. And the the attorney goes, oh God, me too. (laughs) (laughs) And, and
1: And I was watching that and I was like, well, I'm not a woman. Um, but like, is that, is that, is that who that's for? Who is that for? What is that like? That friendly repartee between both of them, right? Like, is the is the lawyers, like trying to pretend like is she trying to connect with Gwyneth Paltrow? Is Gwyneth Paltrow trying to project some sort of like I'm every woman type of deal where like oh I also worry about me shrinking or hey we're just some gals chatting over here um, while I'm yeah. on the stand and you're suing me for three million dollars like I don't I don't understand what that play is I don't I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if if she's like trying to bring her guard down by being like, hey, we're just two gals here talking about our height. and shrinking <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what that is, but I do know that it's super duper um, hilarious. There's a lady, I don't know what she does, but there's a woman on the stand and she was like, my name is Harris. except She said my name is Harris except Harris with a lisp. So it's H-A-R-E-T-H. She said this on the stand. That's how she spelled her name. Like, it's just a ridiculous, ridiculous time. But it's so funny. The best thing about it is a couple of of pieces of it were hilarious where she's like, so, you know, your day was like, this was very expensive to you, like the day. And then she's like, well, Gwyneth is like, well, I did lose half a day of skiing.
1: (laughs) I saw that. That Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, I'm just like – I don't know if – and then apparently Apple Martin and Moses Martin, children of Gwyneth and Chris Martin, are going to be taking the stand because – Oh, my God. Because apparently Moses was there and he heard Gwyneth scream something like, uh somebody hit my fucking back oh. or something like that. Yeah. And she was like, it was very loud. It was an earshot of Moses. And so <laughs> – it just seems like a it just seems like a silly silly like either SNL sketch or like a HBO movie, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And she's uh she also has very deliberate looks, right? Gwyneth Paltrow has like the way that she's presenting herself. I don't I again, I don't get it cuz I'm like I don't know, this isn't making me like you anymore like with her fashions and stuff like that, even the way that she's like And, and, you know, I I know I'm talking about how a woman is looking or appearing or whatever, and that's messed up or whatever. But I'm also like, Gwyneth, like, are you trying to get my sympathy because you're not getting my sympathy right now? Even like that, like that I lost a half day of skiing and you're like, okay, so that you are measuring value in some way. Right. So I understand when you pay for something and you don't get it as a normal person, I feel a certain way about it. You're fucking talking about skiing. Like it's not like you are destitute because you lost. Well, the half this man scheme. is
0: ski. Schem- well, this man is suing her. <laughs> He's claiming that he was. She was like she gravely injured him and then left him stranded. And what she's saying is, no, I was not. So basically, what it is is, it's the person, the person who is downhill has the right of way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so they're both claiming that they were downhill. So he's claiming he was downhill and she ran into him and she's claiming she was downhill and he ran into her. And so the person who did the running into the person is the person at fault because you're obviously you're going downhill. First of all, let me tell you something. Me, I haven't ever skied in my life. I've never (laughs) even snowboarded. I've never even been to a ski resort.
1: Oh, that's sad. I've been skiing a couple of times. How come you didn't come? Oh, wait (laughs)
0: Because I grew up with very different rules than you did, and I wasn't allowed to go skiing with you guys.
1: Oh yeah, that's that whole thing. Um, Let me ask you a question. Well, when you're on my recollection, because I I don't, it's not like I'm a regular skier. I fall on my ass all the time, right? But like, that's part of skiing is you're going to run into people and you're going to fall down and you're going to get hurt. I don't think that's really something that should be liable. I think that's kind of a risk that you take when you get on. Skis. You're not supposed like you're supposed to fall. Or you're supposed to run into people, especially yeah. like on. I think they're on like a bunny slope or something, right? It was you know a, what a bunny, bunny hill.
0: Slope?
1: Is? Yeah, it was a bunny hill.
0: Okay, then this man did not get injured. Three million dollars worth. That's crazy. Well, let
1: let me ask you a question. How much money would you want if you lost the taste out of your mouth? Like, what is the appropriate amount of money? I, mean,
0: I talk for like thirty minutes about how depressed that makes me because I can't. <laughs> eat. Yeah. I mean invaluable. Like I don't know what exactly. I would, do. I would sue the pants off of her. I'd yeah, sue I the goop goop. right out of her.
1: <laughs> oh God.
0: i take the goop right under her. I oh, yeah, no. I'd sue for goop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, would you try to sue a celebrity if they injured you in any way? Of course, right?
1: If they gravely injured me and they were negligent about it, then yes. But if it's if I'm running into Gwyneth Paltrow, then I have a story. That's I think that's all I'm getting out of it. I'm not, you know, what am I going to get? Am I really going to sue because I fell on skis? I look like an asshole. <laughs> what looks like an asshole?
0: Embarrass yourself. Maybe that's yeah. why he's suing because he feels embarrassed that he got embarrassed yeah. in front of Gwyneth, the Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow he- of the '90s.
1: Yeah, Kelly, remember
0: Kelly, Kelly Ben Simone on Scary Island yelled at Bethany about it? Yeah. Was like, Wait, what did she say? She, she was like, yeah, you mean you came for my friends. My friend, you were talking shit about my friends in the press. And she was like, what friends? And she was like, Gwyneth? And she was like, Gwyneth who? And she was like, Paltrow? <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow has since been asked about that. She does not know who Kelly Cor- Cloran belted. Of course she doesn't know. Of course she doesn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that I would I would mm, I feel like I would sue them because I you know you I don't think it's a surprise I feel like a, a litigious person don't I
1: <laughs> you really do I think um, that I think that lost half day of skiing line really hit home with you because you want <laughs> if you pay for something you want the full value 100 percent.
0: I'm still miserable <laughs> about my trip to London and Paris because of how much money and time I lost are you kidding me Yes, 100%. But uh, you, on the other hand, you would be like, no, Gwyneth, you should sue me.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You'd be like, please, I'm sorry please. If... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for falling in front of you. Like, that's what yep. you would do. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. we
1: were breathing the same oxygen. No, it's just yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the looks are killer, though. I know you're saying, like, oh, I don't know what her looks – I feel like her looks are rich white lady. Like, she is – Yeah. People extremely like rich lady. Yeah, like you know how Diane Keaton has a look? Everybody mm-hmm. has it. You know that Diane Keaton rich lady look? Yeah. yeah. Like Gwyneth like, Paltrow is doing like a version of that, but except hers seems a little bit evil. Like Yeah. <laughs> like she owns like a, a, a company that definitely tests on animals, but says it's not. Yep.
1: Still. It's a Nora Ephron uh movie look, right? Mm-hmm. And she's also making like pouty faces, but that could just be her face. I don't know. But it seems like she's very deliberately making like high cheekbones, pouty faces.
0: And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I think that's her face. But I think <laughs> I think that she recognizes the ridiculousness of this whole, yeah, whole thing. And I think she's, she's aware of the amount of attention that the thing is getting. So I think maybe even Gwyneth herself is a little bit embarrassed about having to sit up there and be like, I'm going to make the faces now because this is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, she's she's probably like a uh, pretty in on the joke. Because it oh, feels like yeah. she's a person that's aware of how ridiculous uh, her celebrity persona is. But she still, like, leans into it, right? Like, yes. that whatever, like, that everything that she does with her brand, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. But there are people that chew that shit up, like, that eat yeah. that shit up. So she's, yeah. you know what? This is what I'm going to do for those people. So ah. God bless her.
0: Yeah. I also, guess. Ramadan
1: Mubarak to Gwyneth Paltrow, who's apparently been fasting this entire time.
0: Do you imagine? Yeah. Uh, She's like, I want to learn what it feels like to lose the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, speaking of rich people, Succession's back on. I didn't get to watch yesterday's episode. I've only watched a little bit so far. I just unfortunately am very sleepy. But do you want to do an episode later this week to talk about Succession? We shall, yes. I
1: have watched it. I enjoyed it a lot um uh i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to us uh uh debating uh, which one of the roys we are although i think it's pretty clear who <laughs> I you think it's are I think. <laughs> I think the real i think the real question is going to be which roy we think our brother is because oh. i feel like he feels like in his eyes he probably thinks what's the oldest one's name i was just i just watched it yesterday I Kendall. Not Kendall, the oldest. Oh,
0: Connor. One. Connor.
1: He probably thinks we think he's a Connor, but I think he's really more of a Kendall.
0: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I could see him being a combination of both. I can't wait <laughs> to talk about that. I mean, there's no question in the world that I'm, I am the most Chivroyist of Chivroy s- siblings that yep. you could have ever Chivroyed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what is the I- thing that Greg says in the trial? Hold on. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm going to look this up.
1: So be it. Um, If it were to be, so be it or something like that. Um, Along with Succession, I'm also watching what I call Blue Collar Succession, which is Yellowstone, (laughs) which I was very excited about because that kind of rich whiteness seems to be up my alley for some reason because I'm a piece of trash um, and like Blue Collar nonsense. Uh, And it's okay. It's it's a very popular show apparently. It's like it gets oh huge ratings or whatever.
0: You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. You were t- texting us about this like over the weekend and I thought you were talking about yellow jackets.
1: No. What's yellow jackets?
0: It's a different show. Um Yo. I think it's set in like the 90s. I don't know. Uh it's also a beloved show. Um but Yellow mm-hmm. Stone is with uh Kevin Costner, right?
1: Kevin Costner, yeah the original, um, you know, just uh, regular American white guy from like the 80s and the 90s, right? <laughs> so it's him and he's got a family and he uh, is a rich person and he's a landowner and they have family politics or whatever. Um, and it's, uh, but it, the, the thing about it, it's pretty trashy. It's like a trashy show. I thought it would be like more, um, more like succession or something like that, right? But like the dialogues and the acting, It's pretty trashy. It's pretty crap, but it's kind of fun. Um, And then there's also things like, you know, and this is something that I've noticed much to my chagrin is that there's a lot of like uh, unnecessary nudity I'll just be like, "Hey, why is that lady's butt out? There's no reason for that lady's butt out. Is this is this butt for my enjoyment? Is that the reason why they put it there? I'm I'm above this now, which sucks for me because I am at my core a trash person. I should just sit back and enjoy the butt.
0: I'm confused about the chagrining because you love butts.
1: (laughs) I know I do love butts, but I don't want to be pandered to. I want to see a butt
0: of my own choosing.
1: I I want to work. Yeah. I believe that's called growth
0: in <laughs> myself as a person. Handed out butts. I mean, I course- don't
1: know. I'm not looking for butt handouts. <laughs> 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 the liberals just want to hand out butts. No, no, but that's what it feels like. I'm like, oh, this is uh, this is just gratuitous. It's unnecessary. Maybe I'm
0: getting old. Sounds- yeah, I think you are getting old. That's weird. Yeah, is that what you mean by trashy? Like it has nudity and stuff.
1: Well, it has nudity, but it has unnecessary nudity. And I'm just like, oh, what is this for? Why am I I taking a detour on butts? I want to know more about the stories. I want to know more about the takeover. This is what I'm here for. I'm not here for the butts. You know how many butts I can just look up on my phone right now in the middle of Ramadan if I wanted to?
0: (laughs) I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well... Um, okay, well, I thought you were talking about a completely different show. So nope. that's confusing to me. Yeah. But I'm sorry that you, you claimed the show. And then you were like, mm, I don't think I really want to claim this show. Because I guess you were really incensed about the butts. But I will you know. I
1: probably uh, keep my claim of this show because I'm hoping it gets better. It's still season one. I'm still on season one. So hopefully they got it okay well
0: people really enjoy it apparently i keep getting ads for it probably because we all share streaming devices so yep all right well well that's it for this episode i'll be back later this week to talk about uh housewives succession ultimate girls trip vanderpump rules there's too many things on television right now it's exhausting. you want to add
1: something else to it and this may be i don't know this may be a melding of both of our worlds. Uh, As you know, the NCAA tournament is on Mm -hmm. and there's a lady uh, for who plays for Iowa named Mm -hmm. Caitlin Clark. And she Mm -hmm. is awesome. And she's a lot of fun to watch. So maybe you should watch that. They're in the final four.
0: I think that I saw something pop up about Caitlin Clark, which is exciting. And also just to wrap it up, uh, speaking of uh, women's basketball, you see the news about touchdown Tommy. No touchdown tommy is potentially purchasing a wnba team oh
1: well 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 look at what? that my guy touchdown tommy a, a <laughs> fan of the women he's been given shit all year long by you look at him <laughs> supporting the women he also bought a pickleball team i believe so
0: ah, oh, jesus isn't it just <laughs> tennis
1: <laughs> it's tennis for really old people. Our brother loves it, by the way. I know. <laughs> shut up about his pickleball. It's
0: stupid. You know who else loved pickleball? Randall Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't like how this guy keeps coming up. I was thinking about it. last week. We were talking about NDAs, and I was talking about Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer of all times, and you compared him <laughs> to fucking Randall Emmett.
0: Listen, you talk about your world and I talk about my world, okay? (laughs) And unfortunately, my world, that is the only person I know who really has an NDA, okay?